0: sidetracked the music podcast
1: hi and welcome to the Sidetrack music podcast uh i am jules Zanari collard and with me on the panel uh we have zephyr charles moss hello zephyr
2: hi jules how
1: are you all right i'm good thanks and uh we also have zach taylor schindler how are you zach
0: hello i'm good thank you
1: all right. Great. Um, you heard Zach's uh, silky smooth voice on the intro, as well as a silky smooth mm-hmm. saxophone skills. Oh, yeah, we should say. So, Zach is a saxophone and keyboard player. I mean, music extravaganza of a musician. Oh, my. Well, thank that was you. It's not English. Yeah. But, but there we go. Um, <laughs> music extraordinaire. Exactly. That, that's what I was looking for. And <laughs> uh, yeah. Z- Zephyr here is a, is a drummer, as well as part time bass and guitar player. Um, and I play mm. keys, and that's about it. So there we go.
2: Anyway, <laughs> the French horns
1: and the French horn. We can't, we can't forget that <laughs> And the French horn. Exactly. Yeah. Well, course, um, yeah. Okay, so well, let, let's get straight into it. Um, so the first section of our podcast is called the brief. And um, so in the brief, uh, one member of the panel will bring in a certain brief, and each of us will bring in an album or song which fits that brief, and we'll talk about it. And that's about it. It's not too complicated. So um, this week, fittingly, for our debut podcast, we've gone with debut albums. Um, so each one of us has brought in a debut album. And so uh, I'll go to you, Zephyr, first. Uh, what album have you brought in?
2: So I've brought the first... It's it's kind of an album. It's the EP from Volvepec, uh, the first EP that they released in 2011. It's called Mitpeck. Um, and it's got... Uh, what is it? It's like six or seven songs, I think. It's got six songs. Yeah, they're all pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. Cool fact about these songs, which I'm excited to say, is that every <laughs> single one of them, except for "It Gets Funkier," is a name of a movie that came out in 2011. It's crazy. Oh no, um, that is cool. Fun, yeah, Cars cool. 2. I, I particularly like because it's Cars and T O O, which <sighs> is great. So okay, um, yeah, and another. The, the, my favorite song probably from this album is "It Gets Funkier" because. That this is like a they do this in multiple albums. It gets funkier. is like a thing that they they yeah. I think they've done four so far. Four is my yeah. favorite, but the first one mm-hmm. is oh, it's, it's great. So I think we'll we'll do a little show of that now. Sure. Um, yeah.
1: Here, here's here's a clip of yeah. uh, it gets funk it gets funkier.
2: So yeah, that was it. Gets funkier. Um, so the first, this first like EP, it's it's in the style of Wolfpack. It very much sets up the style of Wolfpack, but it's it's kind of slower. It's a bit more chill, which I kind of like actually. Like the rest of them, I spe- It gets funkier. Four is fast. That's a that's a that's fast funk. This is this is kind of more old style funk, but with their, their tight drums. They're like they're very compressed sounding drums, and they're like they're insanely great sounding bass player Joe Dart on the bass. Oof. Yeah. If, if you listen to Joe his Dart, bass lines, Joe Dart, oh, beautiful, beautiful incredible. bass player. Yeah. Um, incredible, incredible guy. Do you want to speak about him a bit? Uh, well, I don't know much about Joe Dart,
1: but I was also going to say it gives a nice, <laughs> I think it showcases nicely um, Woody Goth on the keys, which is not something that happens necessarily as much in their later albums. Um, because the, the band kind of expands over time and as the funk gets faster and faster, the guitars come more and more into play. But on the slow ones, I think Woody Goss, is, I mean, he's obviously a great keys player, but, um, so he does really nice work on, on, on this, this record, I think. Mm, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I could give yeah. some, some quick facts just about, about Wolfpack for those who, who aren't aware of the band. Um, they formed, uh, at the university of Michigan in 2011. um, and yeah, I mean, they're just a kind of uh, funk band, which take lots of inspiration from um, the funk bands that have come before them. But they also bring their own kind of unique style um, to to their tracks. Um, yeah. And I, I also noticed the kind of the very, there's a big, it's kind of very raw, um, the way they recorded the track, especially the first track. It sounds, it sounds almost amateur in, in the way that it's, mm. it's been kind of recorded. Yeah, and yeah. Produced. I, know and I don't know if that was deliberate or not, to be honest. Um, yeah
2: I, I kind of like that sort of sound production yeah it's, mm. it's so it feels so natural like yeah like when they i mean their tight knit production like later on still sounds great and their vocal tracks when they bring in vocals on some of the later mm-hmm. albums i love their vocals it's such a cool style blend because it's kind of poppy some of their vocals like mm-hmm. i mean they are doing some like fol- like because it's, it's the guy singing and it's it's falsetto a lot of the stuff they're singing is falsetto because that's kind of funk style uh, if you don't know what falsetto is um for those who don't know, it's when you sing in the highest register that you can sing in. Uh, and for guys, a lot in a lot of modern music, pop music especially, people like Childish Gambino. I'm trying to think of others, but Anderson Pack as well. Actually, yeah. they mm. they sing in their falsetto voice, and it sounds sounds really cool. I'm and not I'm not going to ask
1: you for a demonstration, Zephyr. Um, no, but... <laughs> I'm
2: not. No, I'm not going to demonstrate. But <laughs> but Wolfpack, they they do that, and obviously yeah. it's not in the first EP. But this kind of sets up that sort of. You could you could you could easily put vocals on this these tracks and it would sound great. And I think that kind yeah. of just their style yeah. is so it's so it is so funky, but it's also kind of really accessible and listenable for like everyone. Like exactly. I show this—that's that, why family. I love them. They like everyone likes it. Like it's not
0: sorry. Uh, you know, it's just it's the music that I love. Like the funk kind of jazz influences that you can hear, but like. You can just play it to anyone and everyone realises that it's so good. And also I wanted to say back, um, back when we were talking about the uh, the style of this EP, I like how it kind of feels like you're sitting in the recording studio with them. Like they, they leave all this uh, like talking at the end of each track and it's like you hear them like cheer and it's like, oh yeah. And you cheer with them because oh their, their songs are so great. That feeling's so <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. That feeling yeah, yeah. when
2: you've, when you've completed the track too many times we us three have done that where we we play a tune and you just once you nail it it's like oh bliss yeah and like yeah mm-hmm. you feel you very much feel the kind of the young energy like the i mean I, yeah. what can i say i'm 16 but the, <laughs> <laughs> the young energy from them it's like it's like they've just got this track and it sounds dope like so dope
1: yeah i mean and it really i yeah. think it, it just sets it's what it, it does everything that you want your debut album to do and that it just sets them up for everything that they do later they um, you hear, like you say, the kind of the in studio um, voices and stuff uh, in some tracks that they do later as well. Um, and yeah, and it's just, I mean, we love it. Um, yeah. Uh, has anyone got anything else to add? To to
2: pick? yeah, I was thinking we could play we could play one of their tracks, Corey Wong. That one, yeah. is like their old songs, but it's it's it is also that. So I think we'll play that and then we'll yeah. move on to the next. So Please. here, yeah, yeah here's, here's a quick clip. sound good.
1: Yeah, here's a quick clip of uh, Corey Wong.
0: so that was a uh, cory wong by uh wolfpack and cory wong is like um his own um guitarist he does lots of his own stuff and he's he's got a great band um so if you haven't heard any of any of his stuff he does a lot of instrumental funk like wolfpack i've th- heard he's actually also doing a world tour so he will be coming to uh england um i think in november i saw so uh look out oh, for right. that <laughs> yeah
2: Okay. I have to book some tickets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for,
2: fourth pick
1: and, you know, Corey Wong and all, all the stuff that they do is just pure head-bopping potential. I think that oh, that's yeah. what, that's the category I put it into. My ultimate neck extension is, is achieved. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, moving smoothly on, uh, Zach, what have you brought to the brief today?
0: Well, um, I have brought um, Anderson Paak's, uh his debut album um venice and yeah i'd like to talk a bit about that um because uh, i just think it just sets up all of his his style his brilliant grooves his great harmony and just everything we all love about Anderson park um and i want to do this because i feel like a lot of people um are discovering him recently because of his like his recent hit with bruno mars if he did if people didn't know him before they definitely know him now um and so I wanted to dive into his history a bit, um, which is really interesting, actually. Um, yeah. Um, found out some cra- crazy stuff, um, which, yeah, which I'll say now, actually. Um, so he, he, um, he yeah, on. worked on a, on a weed farm in Santa Barbara for a bit and then um, <laughs> got, got fired and was homeless for <laughs> God knows how long. What kind like, of fired um sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't worry we joke uh, no. uh, <laughs> anyway yeah um no he was actually homeless uh, we joke so here we joke for a we while joke. we joke we joke <laughs> god yeah well anderson Park, if you're listening um we're joking don't worry <laughs> um yeah so he was homeless for a while then um was taken in um and like full rags to riches story like um i mean just it's really inspirational actually um the success yeah. he's had coming from that yeah Um Yeah, So I'd like to play a couple tracks Uh The first one being I'm The City I'm sure just that you
1: can imagine I live around here Let me show you how to walk You can stop the traffic So say them too late To get you right for action But good brain They get you all the answers They get you all the cash And
0: fashion Just patch your lashes And you tell me where you wanna go But I don't really
1: so that was the city from uh anderson Pax venice his debut album Um, and i thought i'd just give a bit of context to the album so as zach said um in 2011 he was jobless and homeless um and actually a dad as well so um pretty tough time um but he kind of worked his way up through kind of making his music, worked on a bunch of collaboration, project, uh, cl- collaboration projects, and um, well, eventually, and then he made this album, Venice. But a year later, he played a huge part in Dr. Dre's Compton, which was his real kind of breakthrough as a musician. And then that's led to the really successful albums of Malibu, Oxnard, uh, and Ventura more recently. Um, anyway, but uh, so back, back to Venice, uh, Zach, you wanted to... Do some deep analysis.
0: Yeah, I wanted to go a bit into the harmony, a bit into the groove. Oh, yes. I'm a bit of a music nerd. For those of you who don't know me, um, yeah. So, you music nerds out there, you got some representation in the podcast. So great. Um, <laughs> so the groove. Um, now, <laughs> um, Zephyr the drummer will might might want to pitch in here a bit, um, but um, I just. It's so it's so solid because you've got Anderson Park and he's drumming, but he's also singing. Um, which is why he's so locked in with what he's saying, because he's he's doing like he's doing all the important groove bits. And this is why I love this music, because you got you got um first off, you got the clapping, which is slightly swung quavers, um, which just gives a little lilting feeling to it, like d um, and then you got the the kick drum, um, which is sounding on every beat but like it's got some extra ones before it um, you'd have to listen back to it for this to uh, make some sense in the context um but i'm gonna actually go to the piano and go uh through some of the chords okay great so i'm going to talk a bit about the harmony in uh the city and The first thing to say is that it is just four chords all the way through. Um, But these chords are so interesting that it really doesn't matter um, because I can listen to them all day. um, And I'm going to dive into just what they are. Um, So the first one is a type of A minor chord. Um, So A minor. It's a very uh, familiar sound to us. But um, what the pianist has done is he's taken down the E. That E. And he's made it a D making it an A minor 11 chord. Um, so you get this crunch between the C and the D. And he's also taken down the A to a G. So you get a crunch between the A and the G. You get a crunch between the C and the D. That's the first chord. And yeah, it's very crunchy and it's very dense, but it works in this setting because um, of something he's using called sidechain compression, um, and side compression, if you don't know, is um, when you lower the volume of one track um, to let another track shine. For example, in the kick drum, um, which is, it's often used in the kick drum, um, where when the kick drum sounds in this tune, um, the volume of the synth playing the chords will go down um, so that the listener will hear the kick drum more than anything else. Um, and what this does is it creates this pulsating sound um, which you hear in the city, where it's like the kick drum will go boom, 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 and the chords will go boom, 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 boom. In between the kick, and what it does is it locks everything down into the into the bass drum, and it locks everything into the beat. Um, and because the chords are so dense, it just it gives this kind of big crunch and like push, and gives gives the piece a real energy. Um, and if you're interested, um, the next chords are. I'm not really going to go into Crazy detail with all the other ones. But um, yeah, A minor 11, F6, D minor 7, and then kind of E7 chord. Um, quite crunchy, but...
2: That's pretty jazzy. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah. It is. <laughs> all right.
0: That's why we're I here. Like yeah, I like it. It's nice.
1: Well, thank you, Zach, for, for the Theory Corner.
2: You're welcome.
1: Yeah, okay. So that's just, um, I mean, some in-depth analysis on The City from Venice. Um, but, Zach, you want to talk about um, another track as well? uh, from the album.
0: Yes. Um, I would like to talk about, um, I miss that whip from Venice, um, which is a completely different vibe on this track, um, on this, on this album. Um, but, um, I think it also just showcases like, um, Anderson Park's beautiful voice. Um, he has a great time feel, but, um, just his tone. Um, and, um, it's just, it's very different. So I'd like to play that right now. Real quick. It's too late to make a mess. We can never be friends I'll miss a warm bed I miss that wit Damn, that wit I miss that wit
2: She used to from the so
1: that was uh I missed that whip uh from the same album, Venice, Anderson <laughs> Pack. Um I just I just thought actually that track is it kind of it's got there's a thing kind of throughout the album, it's very kind of beach and tropical summer vibes. Mm. I mean you can see it on the album cover, but um it kind of reflects and I think I mean, I don't know I don't know exactly what his childhood was like, but I know that he grew up in California. Um so I guess it kind of it's it's kind of what you want in a debut album and how it you know reflects his his roots and his childhood uh yeah. yeah anyway um zach what what else yeah. have you got for us
0: no no i just i love it when albums have cohesiveness like that and it's like a common theme um yeah and actually mm. yeah with the beach thing there's a there's a track i think it's like something under 30 seconds uh the first track which is just waves it's just the sound of waves yeah and it uses that as a sample and a couple of them um And, yeah, it's just really cool. I like it when that happens in albums. Anyway, Mm. I miss that whip. Um, So the first thing that you notice about this is it's very slow, um, but it's not really a ballad. Um, um, I've actually looked it up for those of you who are interested, and it's 94 beats per minute. Um, So it's got this really solid, um, laid-back time feel, and there's so much space just to hear Anderson Pack's like, uh, raspy voice, but, like, not raspy in a bad way, obviously. Um, it's like, just. I mean, h- how did you describe it, Zephyr Like, uh, grainy. Um, so
2: yeah, I, I saw I saw a vocal coach talking about how he kind of controls his voice. So he can actually sing these really smooth legato lines, and he, I don't know if he does it in this song because I haven't. We did well. We ha- we didn't get to f- play the whole thing, but we we heard that it was it was he can. There's moments of this raspiness where he's pushing his voice to sound like he's straining because when you get to the higher notes uh, for guys' voices, especially it goes very raspy and he does that, but in the notes in a quiet way, because usually it's, it's when you're singing loud and you're really having to push. So that's why it's going that, to that tone, yeah. but he does that naturally. He controls that, that he's a very talented singer. He's got lots of control. It's not, not at all a mistake that it sounds like that. It is completely purposeful and it's great.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so about his, um, no, I was going to say something about the guitar. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, the guitarist in this also has just a great time feel. And you hear moments where he's kind of using the guitar as a percussion instrument. Like he'll be, he'll be gliding his fingers over the fingerboard and be tapping the body, um, which is, like, really necessary in this because there's no drums. Um, and, yeah, on top of that, just him together. I think it's, um, he's called Kelsey Gonzalez. Um, um, him with Anderson Park. They, just, they have this beautiful intro um, to this piece. And when the chorus comes in, it feels so good with the bass and drums finally there to, like, thicken out that texture at the bottom. Um, Yeah, so it's a great song. I'd go give it a listen if you haven't already.
1: Yeah, definitely. Go listen Um, to the whole album. Yeah, and the whole album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It manages to be both kind of a throwback and kind of innovative at the same time, which is kind of, I don't know, Anderson Pack's style. It's kind of fusing, kind of, he's got these kind of jazz and funk influences with, um, I mean, hip hop stuff as well. Um but also always bring in something new to what he does. Um, and yeah, we we admire him for that. So now we'll move on uh to the album that I, I brought in. Uh so I've I've gone completely different. Um it's about forty years well, 30 years older than the, the other two albums that we got. So I've gone for the Dire Straits self titled debut album. Um, and I mean, I must say when when I when I kinda of set this brief, I had this album in mind. Um because I mean I, I just really I I find it's kind of all that you want in a kind of concept album in that it has this kind of consistent style, um, it's really well paced. So it kinda of, it set it sets the tone early. Actually also well, well, we'll play um the first track uh down to the waterline and you'll hear so kind of there's the fir- the first fifty seconds of this track and indeed the whole album is just some kind of noodling from mark Knopfler, um the the lead guitarist with some kind of drum crashes kind of mixing in the background it's very it's really kind of strange and then it kind of breaks into the groove and suddenly you're like oh wow okay this is this is this is going somewhere and it, it's a and it's a really really strong groove to start off the album which is exactly what you want so um, i mean here's a clip of that
0: Surrender on the side. You remember we used to run and hide. In the shadow of the cargoes, I take you one time while counting all the numbers down to the waterline.
1: So that was uh, Down to the Waterline, uh, the first track in the Dire Straits debut album. Um, and I mean, it just really sets the tone for not only the whole album, but kind of just just what they're trying to do. So I've I found that kind of the whole tone when you're listening to the album that you notice is it's just kind of quality musicianship. There's no frills. It's four guys in a band ex- executing simple ideas well and kind of effectively. But then that is elevated by Mark Knopfler's amazing, just simply like unbelievable uh, lead guitar. Um, and you can hear it, it pretty much every single song. You've got the bass, you've got the drums, you've got the rhythm guitar on a nice kind of solid groove, nothing too special. Um, but then Mark Knopfler is always t- kind of coming in there with these little licks just between phrases. And it's really amazing. Uh, yeah, Zephyr.
2: Yeah, I may have mentioned that that guitar solo at the end of that song is I was not expecting it when I was listening to it because I, have, I haven't really listened to this album, but I listened to it. Well, I listened to it, of course, for this, and it's and it was great. And I really, I was surprised by the because the song is is great. The like the beginning bit, it's quite it's quite a solid song, and then this the guitar solo just kind of hits you at the end. It's like, yeah. That's great. That's lovely. That's some really good guitar playing. Not that I can play guitar very well, but I yeah. get I I can appreciate a great guitar solo.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah, th- this whole album is just a showcase really. I mean not to discredit the other band members who who do a really really good job in making it so kind of cohesive and they're very tight, but it really showcases just some unbelievable guitar playing from Mark Knopfler. And um in kind of as as a whole album, I think there there aren't many albums that showcase kind of a single guitar player and his and his solo playing in that way. And you can really hear cause he um, actually, he uh, plucks with his fingers instead of using a pick when he plays, which gives you that kind of unique sound um, kind of, but uh, you can hear really in all his solos. Um, yeah. And they've, yeah, they've just got a really kind of clear idea of what they're trying to do throughout the whole album. Um, and also I, th- I thought I'd say something about the lyrics. Um, Mark Knopfler is also, a, as well as a great guitarist, he's he also wrote all the lyrics for the album. And I think they're actually really good when you listen into them. They're kind of about his experiences, um, in Newcastle, uh, which is his kind of hometown, Newcastle leads, but also moving down to London as his kind of music career, um, develops. Um, so yeah. Um, and also, um, something from, else from down to the waterline is that it's got this instrumental chorus, which is something they do quite a few times throughout the album. Um, they just have verses and then they break into this kind of chorus, which is just a really good groove, and there's no lyrics, and it's just kind of like and it's really effective, it's not something something that you actually hear that often, especially in kind of rock albums, really, which tend to have uh good vocal choruses. But yeah. Yeah, um, you
2: always you always seem to be taught sorry, sorry to yeah, no, interject Yeah, no. but uh um, they always whenever you've kind of been taught to write rock songs and like I know us three, we, we, we used to write rock songs together, kind of. Um, mm. And uh, that's kind of what started <laughs> our music careers together. And like, they always tell you that the chorus, the lyrics in the chorus and the, the, like the the, 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 the melody in the chorus is the most important thing. It's the bit that everyone remembers, but I really liked in this album when they had those choruses that were a bit empty, well, weren't empty, but instrumental choruses without yeah. that, that main melody. Cause it, it was kind of, it was just really nice. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I liked, yeah. I liked that. And it's unusual, but that's great.
0: Yeah, Vocalists aren't everything. Uh, yeah, I was just saying. Um, yeah, we were always told that, um, that you've got to have simple, like, rem- memorable lyrics in the chorus because that's the thing that everyone will sing along to at the club or, you know, at, at the party or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's just so nice to hear something different. Um, and I think in, in a way it makes it more memorable because it is different.
1: Yeah.
2: Some, sometimes music isn't always about being popular as well. Sometimes exactly. it's not always about making a hit. Sometimes it's about making some great, Course. great music. Yeah. I was about to swear then, but I'm not going to swear. because that's, that's that's a good idea. We don't do that here. We don't yeah. swear here. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's all about making some good vibes, yeah. good music yeah, and just having a good time.
1: And I was actually, I was reading up on the album and this, the album took a long time to become popular. And I guess that that's that kind of follows in with what we've been talking about. So they released it in the UK and I think it got to kind of top 10 or something. But then I, um, someone at Warner Bros, I think uh, in the States heard it and um, they were the only person in the department to to want to actually release this, but they pushed and pushed and eventually got released in the States. And then it became, the whole album actually became a kind of worldwide hit, um, particularly Sultan's of Swing. And that's what I was going to get onto um, because this Album, I find, is kind of really well-paced in that. So it starts off setting the tone with Down to the Waterline. Then you've got some nice kind of solid tracks after that, especially kind of... I really like Six Blade Knife, which is just a kind of minimalistic three-note bass line, and it once again elevated by the lead guitar and lyrics. Um, But then, so the album builds up to the headline track, well, at least I think it's the headline track, which is Sultans of Swing. Um, which in my mind is uh, undeniably one of the greatest songs of all time. Um, it, it has, and it kind of puts together ed- everything great about all the different tracks in the album that we've heard before and after, and, and puts them all together into this one amazing song. It's got two, not one, but two unbelievable guitar solos. It's got that instrumental uh, chorus. It's, uh, it's got the really, really tight backing band as well. Um, I mean, and there's not much more you could want from that song, to be honest. Cool lyrics um oh yeah i love it mm. yeah i love it too um all right <laughs> there's not much more to say it's just a very very good song and i cannot recommend it enough um and yeah and that's the song as well that i think it took a long time to become popular but once it did it skyrocketed skyrocketed um but i also thought like talking about the album as a whole kind of the two debut albums that we've talked about before so the fourth Pack and anderson pack they've been kind of springboards to um to to those artists kind of success later kind of setting the tone early and kind of the artists would maintain a relatively similar style but just kind of developing from that i i think dire straits after this album they actually go very different i mean as for starters as a band it changes a lot they they i think towards the end they have a completely different lineup pretty much except for mark Knopfler, um because he fell out because it's actually his brother who plays rhythm guitar on this album and they fell out pretty soon afterwards. Um, I don't know, sibling feuds. And th- there you go. Um, but you know, they, they kind of after this album. Um, p- I mean, uh, personally, I, I don't think they release a better one. They had mu- they had actually better numbers kind of afterwards, and they because they came a kind of really a list band um, of the 80s. Um, but personally, I don't think it gets much better than this for them. Um, with hindsight. But then again, I wasn't even alive when it was released, so who am I to know?
2: I mean Sultans of Swing is extremely popular. It's their most yeah, popular song. It is. So like it's from their debut album and that it's also their most popular song. So I'm not gonna say one hit wonder, because that's that's not true. No. They've had they've had yeah. other good songs, but sort of in terms of one album wonder, maybe, you could yeah, say? Yeah,
1: because I think the rest of the tracks in this album get forgotten. And you listen to Down to the Waterline, and it's almost like a kind of just slightly less extravagant version of Sultans of Swing. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, well, this is practically the same song. It, you listen to the structure, it's very similar, the kind of the the, the um, instrumental chorus. They're very similar songs. Um, but Sultans of Swing is just so good that the other tracks kind of get left behind. And I think that they are also equally noteworthy um, because of just, I, I, I'm really a, a stickler for kind of proper concept albums, which have a consistent style and they're really kind of trying to put something across. And I think this one definitely fits that bill. All right. So I think, I think that that brings our conversation to a natural close. Um, so that's the end of part one. And in part two, we will be talking about, in our art spot, artist spotlight for uh, the episode, we'll be talking about Tom Mish. So uh, stay tuned for that. Okay, welcome to part two of the Sidetrack Music Podcast. And it, now it is the artist spotlight. And as promised, we're talking about Tom Mish. Uh, so just a, a brief history of, of the man um so he was born in uh, south london he started releasing records that he made himself uh on soundcloud in 2012 uh which eventually led to him releasing beat tape one and then beat tape two um and then uh, various eps and with collaborating with artists such as jordan Raquet. is it racquet or Rakai? i never know Rakai, I think. Rakai, Rakai. Jordan Rakai, yeah. uh, Carmody, yeah. and Loyal Karner, uh, among others. Um, he has some very strong hip-hop, disco, and jazz influences. Um, but then in 2018, he released his first full-length album, uh, titled Geography, which hit the top 10 in the album charts in the UK and also featured a collaboration with hip-hop legend uh, De La Soul. Um, and then in 2020 he released what kind of music uh, alongside uh yusuf days who's a experimental jazz drummer which was a completely different style from geography uh but equally intriguing um and interesting and so and not i don't think it was quite as successful but um yeah nevertheless he's he's on the up and so zephyr i hand to you uh so you, you've you've got some songs to talk to us about
2: yeah i've got some songs so um the first sort of, I guess it's an EP, not an album, because he mostly released EPs. Um, but the first one I want to talk about is Reverie, which is from 2016. And there's four songs on it. Um, there's Crazy Dream, Follow, I Wish, and Watch Me Dance. They, they're they all great, actually. I mean, Follow, yeah. I don't know so well. But Crazy Dream with Loyal Karner is is great. I mean, a, a, a common theme through Tom Mish's music is a switch-up. He always does switch-ups. So he always will start with a slight... Well, not always. A lot of the time, he will start with a slower sort of more chill, like intro or sort of vibe, yeah. like kind of sections. His so sections aren't as versy chorus as like more modern. So I mean, more standard songs, but they are because there's a lot of jazz influences. So it's more like A and B sections, um, which are just kind of repeated. I mean, but he, he does. He does follow normal structure. I'm waffling a bit. But anyway, um, <laughs> Watch Me Dance is a great example of that. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, one of Jules's, he showed me this one And it's got this lovely sort of orchestral intro But then the groove comes in And I think we'll play the bit where the groove comes in Because that's just it's insane, it's great yeah. So here's that, watch me dance
0: it. with you Blue and green rays They shine through Hey and you don't have to try you can see it in our bodies, you can see it in our eyes watch me dance with this memory just as real just as heavenly watch so that was watch
1: me dance from uh, the reverie ep by tom mish um and I should point out as well, um, you may hear if you listen to a lot of his songs. You, there's a lot of violin, which is actually quite a bit of a unique trait, and that is because, well, not necessarily because, but a result of um, he, before we actually learned the, the guitar, he played the violin um, as a as a child, and he still plays. And I think, and that leads into another point about all his music making, which is really, really quite impressive. Is that pretty much on every track, up to what kind of music at least? So most tracks on Geography. And on the beat tapes one and two, he plays every single instrument that you hear in the song, um, and that's the keys, the guitar, the violin, the drums, the bass. Um, and it's really, uh, it's it's really refreshing to have someone like that, um, you know, self-producing, self-mixing, doing it all himself. And it's, it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's pretty amazing. He's he's incredibly talented.
2: He's yeah, very talented. Another actually, I wanted to mention that kind of talentedness in that he's also is proficient in remixing songs as well so i won't play this song but midnight mischief is actually not a song by him it's by jordan rakai and he remixed it and that remix is one of my favorite like it's just it's such a because jordan rakai very is more of a jazz artist to be honest uk jazz artist and uh, tom mish is a jazz artist but he's also very good at fusing genres which is mm. that's probably my favorite part about tom mish is that he fuses i mean as jules mentioned prior dance disco jazz funk like pop all yeah. of them like and he's and he does it very very yeah. well um it's refreshing as he said um so yeah i'm gonna go on to um the album that um not beat tapes one and two but his first album geography which um is what first got me into tom mish when i heard it runs through me which is the um, the kind of yeah. staple track with de La soul who are a great um hip-hop group from america i think and if you haven't listened to de la soul go listen to them because that's history that you have to listen to them anyway <laughs> <laughs> it runs through me is a great track um it's kind of it infuses this this kind of latin groove um but then it's also got a kind of dance dancey feel and then it, it kind of breaks down for the, the de la soul it section. Yeah. I mean, it's a very simple song actually it's not the sections kind of there's not much change in what happens and the bass line is brilliant as well yeah. Um, I had to learn that one because it's so good. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's great. So we'll play that now.
1: I love the way it flows. I love the way it goes. There's something in this sound that takes me far.
0: It's like a special song
1: so that was it runs through me from geography and uh, i can also say on um, youtube there's a great live version that he does at the npr uh, tiny desk concert series um there's a really great live version so it's without de La soul um so he replaces the rap with like just a, a good guitar solo and who can complain about that um anyway yeah that's that's a good that's a good video um so but zephyr you wanted to talk about his latest album uh what kind of music oh actually zach, zach what, what we got to say
0: yeah just as a little sidetrack uh, the npr tiny uh desk uh concert series is amazing and anderson park actually has one on there as well yes. uh which is the most watched um npr tiny desk concert um out of all of them so and it's absolutely brilliant um and interestingly, Tom Mish has a comment on that, which is yeah. So um, right.
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually rewatched that. I rewatched that tiny desk. I think f- literally a week ago. I've watched it a million times. It's so good. It's yeah. Anderson Pack. Mm. A, a quick throwback, but he he's playing drums and singing on that. And yeah, his his smoothness is like oh, it's so mm-hmm. it's so it's so great. Like his his playing while singing is oh, Anyway, I'm yeah. getting sidetracked. No, but um, i mean yeah, i mean th- anyway.
1: those those <laughs> tiny desk concerts are a really great way to get a kind of insight into how an artist uh, th- i mean just the basic themes of a certain artist if you if you don't really know what instead of kind of going through Spotify or Apple music or whatever and trying to find the most popular songs just get, if you if they've got a tiny desk concert, they tend to showcase their kind of their best stuff there. And it's a good way to gain yeah. window
2: also also the, the the team at tiny desk are the and team at nPR i guess are great the mixing they do if you 're into like production and stuff like that, listen to the mixing they do because it's very raw and it 's very like it just it, it really sh- highlights the the artist not as Jules said it it doesn't it doesn't leave anything to no. hide they can 't hide behind fancy production t- tricks it 's literally just the artist's raw, so if it 's bad. Mm. Says a lot, but it, yeah. they they usually aren't. Most, <laughs> in fact, pretty much. All, in fact, every single one I've watched has been great. So, yeah, re- yeah, definitely go and look. Yeah, you at you don't get
0: you don't you get don't me. get the opportunity to do, you, yeah, to do you, an you, NPR yeah. trying Desk concert <laughs> if you're bad. Uh, There's no there such goes. thing
2: as a bad musician. Only that.
0: Yeah, we digress. Um,
1: so, Zephyr, you want you wanted to talk about what kind of music?
2: Yeah, so that's his most recent album. Um, which came out uh, last year actually, and I love it because I'm a drummer, so of course I love it. Because Yusuf Days, uh, who's an insane, insane drummer from from I think London actually, um, he plays on all the tracks and does some. His playing is is beautiful. It's great. I mean, I keep saying the word beautiful, but Mm. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's (laughs) it's very um, it's quite fast, so. That's that's something that like he does a lot of um, ghost notes and a ghost note is like a a very quiet note that you play that is kind of to fill the space in a drum pattern. So there's the main groove which everyone is kind of dancing to, but ghost notes are kind of what make it kind of interesting. And it's it's like it's like a fill. If you also don't know what that is, that is just something to kind of bridge uh, transition, which drummers use, and in fact, all musicians use. They can be fills. or licks, I guess you could call them, and yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. And he does um, his fills are amazing on this track on this album. And it wasn't as popular this album. But I mean, it's I it's, it's, no, it,
1: it's never really a crowd. It's not quite as much of a crowd pleasing sound, I guess. Um, yeah,
2: it's 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 a bit avant garde. Yeah, maybe too not massively avant garde, but too too much for the average listener. It's a bit it's a bit too <laughs> uh, what what um. Not complex, because that implies that people don't understand, but I don't think that's true. I think it's just not as digestible. Subtle. Zach wants to, subtle. yeah. subtle. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's because the vibes are slightly more low-key in this one. Um, it's definitely less like something you'd go to a concert and listen to, and more like yeah. while you're trying to relax or something. Um, and, and also jazz, it's slightly more towards the jazz genre side and it's always been unfortunately, less popular than the more poppy disco stuff that Tom Mish has done in the past. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, th- I just think it's really cool that, um, you know, he'd, he'd had so much success with a kind of pretty similar kind of jazz, disco, funk style, and he, he was not afraid to kind of go and experiment with this um, completely different style with Yusuf Day, who I'm sure had a huge kind of influence in that. And, yeah, I'm I'm no drummer, but, but that is some seriously good drumming on, on the whole album. Um, yeah, Zephyr. Do you have a particular track you wanted uh, the listeners to hear? Um,
2: yeah, I think we could listen to Lift Off. That's a particular favorite of mine. I think that's also got a. I'm not sure if it's the bassist or the the guitarist, but Rocco Palladino. I think, I think it's the bass um, player. It's the bass player, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, he features on that, and it's 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 cool. It's yeah. Yeah, This is this is probably my favorite track. So yeah, we'll play that now okay yeah so that was liftoff uh by tom and yusuf days and featuring rocco paladino on the bass which you can hear at the in the intro and well throughout the song but uh the thing with this album is that there's a lot of slow builds and i think that maybe is why people don't get as attached because in the day of technology and day of quick quick fire media everyone loses their attention span and and i think that is kind of that is very adamant amongst our generation and people are not as not as accept, they're not as patient Patience, the word mm. um don't give don't give it time mm. but that's that's okay i think that's that's just how it is and music like this will slip under because of The patience dipping, but if I think if nowadays if we can maybe maybe as a final point note from me, um, before I pass on to Zach is that if we can maybe all give things a chance before we cast it off as boring or uninteresting, that would make musicians really shine. Some musicians because people like slow builds. It's fun when you're playing it. (laughs) Hmm.
0: It's more fun to play than to listen. Um, But it's not just musicians. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it isn't just musicians. If you give this music a chance and like, and you really you listen to it and you're not just thinking, oh, it's background music or, oh, it's boring, it, you'll get something out of it as well as a listener. Um, and I find with a lot of these tracks, the more I listen to them, the more I love them. Um, and that's it's something really magical when you find something where you're like, oh, at first I thought this was boring, but actually, whoa, there's so much depth to this um yeah and like it just makes you want to listen to more and more of this stuff um yeah it's really cool so go and listen to this entire album
1: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah what kind of music was definitely an album that i had to listen to multiple times before i fully kind of appreciated kind of how good it was at first i was kind of like it's, it's it was kind of very surprising because i was used to geography and i was expecting so i was like okay so when when does the funk mm. start um <laughs> but then once he got uh, once i got over that um yeah you really kind of get into how 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 good and creative it actually is um right so mm-hmm. that's that's probably a wrap for the first sidetrack music podcast um we've talked about wolf peck with mitt peck we've talked about anderson pack with venice talked about dire straits with their own dire straits debut album and then we've talked about tom mish in our artist spotlight for the week um yeah so please do get in touch there's um uh our email in the um the show description um with any brief ideas artist spotlight suggestions or just any thoughts on the show please do um give a rating or a review if you can um and we'll be back next week uh so thank you for listening
0: hope you enjoyed guys yeah thank you sidetracked the music podcast